to episode 11 of the Foot in the Crease podcast. This episode of the Foot in the Crease podcast is brought to you by Upper Canada Films, the producers of the documentary, Hi, My Name is Dickie, the story of hockey player Rich Clune. It is available on iTunes. Rich was gracious enough to join us a couple episodes ago and give us some of his time. I know that we were going to have him on in the future as the AHL season has kicked off into full swing. So we want to sit down with him again and see how life, you know, is treating him now that it's kind of resumed back to normal. So we're looking forward to that in a future episode. Uh, My name is Angela Lippa, joined as always by Taylor Prestige and Michael Chikin. Boys, how are we doing today? My back's sore, man. I'm laying horizontal. What were you doing? Well, I had an incident with a with a log on the side of a hill, man. You you worry about you, okay? Okay, all right, all right. I'm just listen. I'm laying here. I got my Atlanta Braves uh, uh, shirt, which is a sick shirt. I'll tell you guys about it later in our quick shift segment. It's actually outrageous, to be honest. Uh, Some of the details about this shirt, but yeah, the Bravos are World Series champions. The Leafs just snapped a five-game winning streak after their cold start man life is good except for my back michael uh, back's feeling fine um <laughs> i'm looking forward to the details on that shirt taylor want to know you know when you ordered it last week and what time it came in uh come the weekend um other than that yeah leafs are playing well um habs are playing like shit so can't complain, boys. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you guys can't. I don't know what a winning team feels like since mine has decided to take a fucking literal dump. But before we get to them, uh, we will get to the big news uh, that transpired, uh, you know, a couple days ago. Well, last week, actually. Uh, finally, Jack Eichel was traded. And to a team I- I'm sure not many people thought could even, you know, get everything into or get their ducks in a row to be able to trade for Jack Eichel considering the amount of high price talent that they have already with Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo and Max Pacioretty along with Robin Leonard. But the Las Vegas Golden Knights did acquire Jack Eichel um, and a conditional pick, whatever that conditional pick might be in exchange for uh, Alex Tuck, who's been with the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm pretty sure from their inception into the league, uh, 2019 first round draft pick, uh, Peyton Krebs and two additional conditional picks, whatever those conditions might be. But, um, it was a fairly early morning trade. We didn't, you know, no one really knew when it was coming. There was always like rumblings. I know that the day before it happened, that there was a, a rumbling of, you know, Calgary could be in and they were offering up Matthew Kachuk, but, that seemed to kind of be, you know, after the fact, washed away and said, no, that wasn't the case. But uh, what are your boys' takes on this trade? You know, Jack Eichel's, you know, considered a pretty, you know, elite talent in the league. You know, he's been in Buffalo quite some time, was supposed to be kind of the savior there and never kind of happened, even though he wasn't the problem. I don't think he was. But, you know, how you guys feel about the trade? What, you know, winners, who's the big winner? Obviously, I think Vegas is. But, you know, what are your takeaways from it? Uh, I'll start her off. I think uh, it's an ugly ending to Eichel's time there, obviously, but we saw it coming from the summertime, I guess, that it was going to be an ugly split. Um, I think hockey-wise, 
Buffalo loses the trade. I mean, you lose your franchise, and um, I don't know. I just think the pieces going back aren't really worth your franchise player, especially, I think, because of the hopes they had for him. Um, and it just appeared that he loved being a Sabre, or he got fired up at times, especially when they would play Toronto and Buffalo, right? And he would he'd really get up for those games, and so the Sabres fans really embraced him. Um, I don't know, man. I think it's tough for the Sabres point of view. Um, you want someone that wants to be there. Um, and it's a tough, tough situation for, uh, Kevin Adams, right? Is the Sabres GM Yeah. tough, tough situation for him because, um, I mean, damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Like you keep Eichel there. He doesn't want to have the surgery you're recommending. Therefore he's not playing. So he he had to move him, but I think just this is the Sabres being the Sabres. Like, they suck, and they'll continue to suck uh, after this trade. So I don't really have much sympathy for them. Are you are you referring to former Maple Leaf Kevin Adams? Yeah, man. I think I've got a hockey card of his, Opeechee from back in the day. Oh, dude. He was on that team was it the 97 98 or 98 99 yeah it was like right before i think quinn took over and they started making the play no 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 he was on that first uh good team like the lonnie bahanas team uh yeah where they went where they went to the conference final against said buffalo Sabres. and the year before they didn't make the playoffs right yeah yeah that was that was like because that year, the year before is when I started hockey. I mean, by Canadian standards, I started hockey pretty late. And I actually wasn't, like, a diehard hockey fan um, in the – like, when I was, like, three, four, five. It was more, like, when I was seven. It's hilarious. Americans listening or whatever might be, like, you were still only seven. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, Kevin Adams, what a player, man. But him and Gary Volk were sick. Um yeah, you know, uh, the Vegas Golden Ikes, as my uh, fantasy team, has been aptly renamed. Um, I love the deal for them. I think overnight, uh, Stone, Pacioretty, and Ike will become arguably the best line in hockey other than Boston's big three and Colorado's uh, big three. Like, that's that's right there. Actually, I would argue with Leonard and Ned and Petrangelo and Theodore on the back end, like, that – that starting five might be like the best starting five in hockey. Um, uh, well, we'll see how they gel, but just on paper, they're unbelievable. So yeah, I mean, Eichel's set to get surgery on Friday. It's going to be a three month uh, turnaround is what they say um, between now, uh, Friday and when he should be able to get back on the ice. Um, I hate the return like is that really the best buffalo could do like that's shocking to me that they couldn't do better than that i wonder if for buffalo is their whole thing was they didn't want to make a trade within a division like i know that they i heard rumors of montreal possibly being in but i'm sure that they didn't want to trade within division and within conference you want to put them as far away as possible because you know you don't want them hurting you you know yeah but you know at the end, like you said, like, you know, if that's that's all they got was Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs from the 2019 draft class and a couple of picks, like, we thought that the offer was going to be, like, multiple first-round picks, 
at least a high-end prospect. You know, maybe in terms of Vegas, that's a high-end prospect. But And then, you know, at least one or two possible roster players. Like, okay, fine, you got the roster player in Alex Tuck, and he's a, you know, he's a solid player. He's, you know, maybe high-end second, maybe uh, most of the second liner, though, I don't think. How how pissed is Alex Tuck, though? Oh, how fucking pissed is he? Could you imagine waking up and finding or that Peyton out? Or Krebs. I think Krebs has it worse. Tuck is like – Tuck's like an accidental NHLer. Peyton Krebs is like a first-rounder. But then again, he got drafted by Vegas. He should know better that there's no way he's going to be a Vegas Golden Knight. If you get drafted by Vegas, you're gone, man. Look at yeah. Anthony's yeah. boy, Nick Suzuki. Yeah. Um, but Vegas, time and again, man, like they – they are not afraid to make – they've got to be the most active team. Like, they're in on everybody. I'm, yeah. It doesn't even make sense. I don't and, even know how they have the cap space because – I know. You know, Petrangelo's making a good amount. Of, it's not like he's making, like, a, a friendly deal. You know, Leonard's on a good contract. But, but, but you, know, know, you know what I can see? What, three-month turnaround? Mm-hmm. So, what are we right now? November? November. February by the time Eichel comes back. Yeah. Like they could pull a lightning mm-hmm. and and keep him off the roster till fucking that's what, yeah. that's, that's first like round, right? That, like, that's what they're gonna do. See, but I I know that the big thing was is that Eichel wanted to play in the Olympics. Like that's the big goal. So right. Right. with the surgery that Buffalo's medical staff, it was a fusion surgery. He didn't want that because once it's fused together, that's it. You're stuck. You're like that's the way it's gonna be. But at least with the there, it's a disc replacement. You know you can go back and replace this, this same disc over and over again, but it's a faster turnaround time and you're not like it's set. Like if an injury occurs so again, if, on he the gets spine, it, if he gets it now, yeah. November, December, January, February, yeah. three months, like that's, that's just, just in time for the Olympics. And but if he plays wow. the Olympics, there's no way no. they can get away with, with keeping no. him on, on IR until the playoffs. No. Right. Like, I don't think, yeah, I think this one's a bit different, Mikey, like, Coming off a of surgery like that, I would imagine he'll want to get reps. Yeah. Like, he'll want to play in the regular season quite a bit. Like, you'd imagine he'd want to get at least 15 or 20 games in before the playoffs start. I mean, I, I don't even know. I'm also kind of hoping for that for my fantasy team. So, maybe I'm just trying to will that into existence. But the Golden Knights are, uh, you know, it's a new era there. And it's uh, – it's crazy to see. We'll see what, what happens. But uh, what's going on in Montreal, Angelo? Oh, boy. Uh, where do I We're begin? talking about Buffalo in such a snooty uh, Buddy. way, you know? like uh, You know what, though? It, the thing is with Buffalo is this is self-inflicted on them because they tanked on purpose. Like, this was, this was a part of – like, Eichel was a tank. Like, it was like, yes, they were trying to tank for McDavid and ended up getting Eichel, but – you know, losing culture kind of, you know, just manifested itself because it was a tank. It was always a tank for them. Montreal doesn't need help with tanking. They're their own worst enemy. They can't even get out of their they, – they can't get out of their own way. And, uh, you know, I know you guys, like, when the Leafs had lost in the playoffs, like, I know that Mike said, I won't watch a game all year. You know, but I know that he's watching. Yeah, he did say that, didn't he? Because, because in him, in his – You said his, that. I said that? Yeah, you said that. Yeah. 
I'm because, done, you said. Yeah, I'm done. I'm finished. <laughs> Never again with this team. Tell me in April what happens. Talking about Kevin Adams and Gary Vaughn. <laughs> the good old days. But, you know, it's in your it's in your DNA. It's in your heart. Like, you can't not watch it. You always watch, no matter what, good, bad, ugly. And I sit here like a buffoon every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, the occasional Monday game. I'm not watching tonight because we're recording, but – I sit there every – and I listen. Saturday I was driving back from Ottawa, listening to the game like an idiot. Watch, listening blow a two-goal lead to Vegas. Like, bad. Like, out-shooting Vegas, like 22-1, to one, and you lose the game. Hey, Carey Price is coming back, though, isn't he? Not for another month, okay? And at that I, point – You know what? A- a- Angelo, I'll be a Habs apologist right now. Like – you guys lost some key players. Like, you, you take the roster that made the final yeah. and look at the roster now. Yeah. Ma- like, major piece is gone. Mm-hmm. Weber, right? Deneau, Price. Three biggest Weber, pieces, Deneau, Price. Well, a guy like Perry, I mean, he's not going to make or break, but just add some leadership. Like, you guys lost some pieces. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, but uh, Weber, Deneau, and Price are probably the three biggest reasons they get there. Weber more intangibly, but mm-hmm. – Deneau was the best forward, and Price was mm-hmm. Price. Price was the reason. Yeah, and yeah. Deneau would be like number two, mm-hmm. and Corey Perry would probably be like number four or five, yeah. like behind Josh Anderson. No, and and, and his and, and Perry's role throughout the year, like, well, he had that big, he had that big play on Tavares, right? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, fuck, but <laughs> but you, you lose. Uh, you lose those pieces, and, and you're going to hurt. And, like, honestly, yeah. I didn't feel the Habs were that good anyways. So, See, but you know. you know what? Like, I could take them struggling, you know, to, you know, win a couple of games here and there. But they look, like, they look bad. Like yeah. Angelo, Angelo, I, this is like, – me and Michael got to tell you this, man. I, 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 we we got to tell you this. Are you going to tell me that I got bamboozled, led astray, run amok, that – Dominic Ducharme got a three-year contract extension because uh, the best goal Carey Price was a Carey Price, and yeah. he managed to. Fully- well, they say they they say every Jack Adams winner said, or show me a Jack Adams winner, I'll show you a Vesna finalist, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I hate to tell you this, Ange, without Carey Price and Dino's gone, like the Habs might have the worst, one of the worst rosters in hockey. Oh, right I know. Oh, I know. The, like, it's a team full – and it's funny because in the playoffs last year, we even said, we were like, man, this team is just like a team full of second and third liners. But uh, for whatever reason, it all clicked. Mm-hmm. The goalie was hot. No one could get around to know. Anderson looked like Mario fucking the Mew galloping out there. Um, it just worked. And now we're back down to earth. It's tough. Mike, don't you think? Like, yeah, no, I, I think so. They, they're not. I don't know. They're not that good of a team. Like they, they weren't. Over over eighty two game season, I don't think they were last year either. But they just it it. It squeezed everything. Worked some everything. magic happened, right? Things yeah. lined up, and uh, they got on a roll, and mm-hmm. that was that. But yeah, they need like, a, like they're they're three and ten, right? Yeah, three and ten. They need an elite player to just show up. Like Mike Richards from 2009 needs to just like. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, 
my Calder, uh, my pick for the Calder, that's not going to well, that, that's that's pan out this year. The, 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 between, <laughs> between that, like, the, the one thing that, that troubles me with this, with this team is that, okay, you put, like, you have Cole Caulfield on the roster, and he started the first two nights, the first two games with Suzuki, your best center. But then after you saw, okay, it's, something's off, it's not working, they decided, okay, here's the solution. We're going to put him on the third line with Matthew Perot. Career fourth liner, not yeah. really a goal scorer. Okay, outside the hat trick he had back two, three weeks ago. But Cole Caulfield is now playing with a better center in Laval than he was with the Haps in Ryan. He should be he should be playing on that roster. He should be playing 18, 19 minutes a night. Yeah. Next to with Nick Suzuki and Josh Anderson. And period. I, I'm sure in Toronto, like your big horses, they go, they have the most minutes played in terms of your forwards, right? Tavares, well, they Martin. just started playing Nylander, what he's supposed to play, but yes, that, that's been the case so far but this year. Anyway. In, in Montreal, this, uh, oh, I don't even know how, what, what word to use, but everybody's got to get the same amount of ice time. It's like house league. Everyone's, everyone's right. even. Everyone's getting the same amount of ice time. It's like, well, why isn't Nick Suzuki playing four or five minutes more than your fourth line? Why isn't your top pairing defenseman of Petrie and Romanov, whoever it might be, playing more minutes than your bottom pair, you know, of David Savard and Brett Kulak? Yeah, like, yeah this is something actually um, was a big breath of fresh air with Keith coming out with the least not to make it least centric, but you're the one who brought it up. Um, uh Babcock, that was always the complaint, yeah. is he would play the third and fourth line mm-hmm. way too much. And then he, he was, like, over-sheltering. And that yep. seems like what's happening in Montreal with See, Ducharme. And that's, and that's the thing that was happening, I noticed, last year before he got fired with uh, Claude Julien. And numerous times when I watched last season, I thought, okay, he doesn't want to upset the apple cart because, you know, uh, he doesn't want to go crazy playing Suzuki more than this guy or this guy. And what ends up happening is Dominic Ducharme is just Claude Julien with hair and a lot more skinnier <laughs> and, a lot, and not a Stanley Cup ring because yeah. at this, at this going rate, like it, there are calls for him to be fired. And I, and you know, I, I want to give guys the benefit of the doubt, like, okay, fine. He's missed. He's missing his best player in Carey Price. He, you know, you don't have Shea Weber. Now uh, you lost Philip Deneau in free agency, you lost Kotniemi in you uh, to an RFA to Carolina. You know you're missing. You lost Corey Perry. So hey, hey, hey! Uh, hey. I, by the way, listen. Like, can I say something? You can always. say I've something. had to listen to Montreal Canadiens fans say, "Oh, the Hurricanes and this and that, whatever." Fucking Tom Dundon, their petty bullshit. Blah blah blah. Can I remind Montreal Canadiens fans? Nothing. You spared Kotniemi. Signed that himself, okay? He chose – he wasn't whisked away and absconded, <laughs> like, you know, like he signed that, okay? He chose to leave the Montreal Canadiens, okay? Yes. Period. Gutless. Yeah. Gutless. Oh, listen to fucking – Brian Burke, Michael Chikin up on his eye. <laughs> you gotta fucking no, it's gutless, buddy. It's gutless. Fuck, it's no. gutless. But yeah. see, and then, you know, going back to, like, 
And the big thing has been when you look at the Toronto, I, I, I compare the Leafs roster and the Habs roster because it's, you know, the easiest one to do. But when you go down both sets of rosters, the Leafs have, you know, hit on their first round picks. They could have missed on Austin Matthews, but they didn't. They could have missed on Freddie Gauthier's sick. They could have missed on Mitch Marner, but they didn't. They could have missed on William Nylander, that they didn't. They could have missed on Morgan Riley in the Galchenyuk draft and didn't. Yeah. And when you go Even down, let's not, let's, not, let's not pump Toronto's tires. Hey, no, 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 but I'm saying, like, right. at least there's, there's been success in the draft in the first round. Go through Montreal's list of first-round picks. They either never panned out most of the time. Basically, the only ones to have panned out were Pacioretty and Ryan McDonough. And McDonough plays – he played for New York and he played for Tampa. He never played for Montreal. Yeah, who would you guys get? Who would you guys get for McDonough again? McDonough played for the Habs. No, he never played a, a single. No. A single show. Angelo, sorry, Angelo, sorry. Who did they trade him for again? Uh, some guy from Anchorage, Alaska. Scotty. Scott Gomez. Scott Gomez. Because they were so enamored, because they were looking for the number one center that they've been chasing for twenty some odd years. Hey, you know, you know what though? For what? Scott Gomez lacked in on ice performance. His off ice per- performance, uh, like when he appears on Spit and Chicklets, like his charisma and everything, unreal. Oh, he's a great, funny guy, but he couldn't score for he won a whole <laughs> calendar year without scoring a goal. Okay, you know how annoying that was. But the the list of the list of of Habs. Missed first round picks. Yeah, okay, fine. You get the Brendan Gallagher's here and whatever. Once Where was Patrick Waugh drafted? 83, 82. And that was, no, what, and that was Serge the second round. Oh. In the second round. So, you know, there's been uh, the same Fuck, guys. So been who at the did helm. they pick before Patrick Waugh? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I forget. They took someone before you even walked. Yeah. Well, listen, I think long term, the Kakenyemi, like I see him, uh, like in comparison to like Brady Kachuk and Quinn Hughes, uh, and you bring up Brady Kachuk, and see that's the worst part is that because so I can deal with Quinn Hughes with whatever because he plays in Vancouver, but Brady Kachuk just got named captain of Ottawa. Is that the game when they did this whole ceremony and they listed yeah. all the captains and shit? There's a lot of who's. There's nobody like Randy Cunningworth who like. Daniel Alfredson, who, Jason Spezza, who, you know, like none of these guys never amount to anything. But you see Brady Kachuk and it's like, okay, he's not the elite, elite superstar, but he's a guy like, I'd love him on my team. Dude, I think he is. I love a guy. I think think if he played anywhere other than Ottawa, like he would be considered that. Like he is a superstar, I think. I mean, okay, maybe not a hundred point superstar, mm-hmm. but he's gonna be like a seventy-five point, you know, hundred penalty minute player. Mm-hmm. Like, like, his a old, like he's literally like his dad, man. Yeah. Like he's he's more. I think Matthew has more skill, like mm-hmm. upside skill wise, but Brady's like the total pack. He's just a prick. He's Brennan Leslie, man. He's sick. <laughs> For those for those listening at home, Brendan Leslie is our friend who 
shockingly looks like Brady Kachuk, or I should say Brady looks like him, like twins. We even dug up a photo of both of them at separate weddings, both (laughs) without an undershirt on, both with a gold chain, and both wearing their vest. Pretty sure both with a dart in their hand. Like, hilarious how much they look like. They look like both of them, I don't think, grow any facial hair. Both probably 6'3". To ten ish, yeah, about yeah. the same. So that's and seventeen years of the same guy in the job for the Montreal Canadiens, Trevor Timmons. You know, eventually something has to change, and you know, Mark Bergevin's on his way out. I'm surprised actually he hasn't been fired. Maybe by the next episode he will be, but he's and, not and getting fired, man. You can't fire him. He's got at least a year, no. He's done. This is he's in the final year of his contract. Dude, so. He went to the fucking Stanley Cup Finals. What do you mean? Yeah. And but he didn't get he didn't that get a extension. Year, man. You get one year for that. You're gonna have yeah. to grin and bear it, man. Uh, you know, if I get a grin and bear it, and you know my reward for watching 82 games of this putrid hockey, I gotta watch because it's not. It's like I could un, I could be okay with bad hockey if it's good, but they have some like you have Josh Anderson, you have Mike Hoffman. You traded for Dvorak, who's done absolutely nothing, by the way, I might say. And no one's ever talked about it, but I'm going to. But it's such, like, it's frustrating hockey to watch because it's not like they're doing things that just, it's not generating anything. They do stupid things. They have, they, they gain the blue line in the offensive zone and they decide, oh, I'm going to turn left to the, to the boards and wait for the setup as the defenseman backs in on the, the goalie. It's like, just shoot the freaking puck. Just do well, it. It's the ultimate Dude, team shoot. Sport. It's the ultimate team sport as we know. And like maybe it's a case of like maybe they're just not gelling all the new faces. Maybe Monica Hoffman's cause running amok no, with the girls off the ice again. You know, like <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, anything could happen, bro. <laughs> just bring please, you know what, if I'm gonna at least get some enjoyment from this season. You know, there's only one guy who could probably save this season or at least make the Habs mediocre. Patrick Waugh. No. And, and can I tell you, though? It's He's going to be the next general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. GM or head coach? No, no, it's going to be the GM. He's going to come in. He's going to be the pack. Yeah, but, but what? what, like, and, and, what, but you, what are you guys expecting? What are you expecting? I am not expecting anything. I don't want him. As, I want a guy. I just – you know what? And he's gonna, gonna come in. He's gonna he's gonna fire Dominic Ducharme. He's gonna hire Michelle Therrien. No, please. And you guys no, are gonna go through the again. cycle. Michelle Therrien's gonna last two please. seasons. Not fire again. Claude no, Julien's no, no. gonna come in. No, 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 no. He's gonna bring in uh, Jacques Martin. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I forgot about Jacques Martin. Yeah. See, and that's and that's the other problem is that I like Jacques Martin as a head coach. No, man. I don't. He was awful. Well, what do you the, mean? The problem. See, the problem is like. The Toronto Maple Leafs are trying, like, they're going to try and hire the best guy for the job. Okay. In Montreal, yeah. it's, that's the second priority is the, sec- is the guy who's the best guy for the job. The first priority, and it's unfortunate, is that the guy it's must. A be- exactly. And I understand it. Living here, I understand it, the whole freaking thing. But if there isn't a qualified, like, tell me the last great French Canadian player to come out of the queue. Nobody. Nobody. The last great French player to come out of the queue. Yeah. Quebecois born player to come out of the queue. Chris Letang. Sean Couturier. 
maybe. But like I'm talking well, great. Like game changing. Like, like he doesn't count. Like Nathan McKinnon game changer. Sidney Crosby game changer. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid. A level game-changer. like that? Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, I was about to say Mark Andre like, Fleury. He's got like what? Three how many cups does he have? Two? Three cups. Three three, three so, cups. So like there's this big thing about oh we gotta draft the Quebec player. We got it's like See, because you guys always fucking cheated. You guys always Back in the day, you guys always took all the French Canadian players, and then as soon as they they fucking leveled out the drafting system, yeah. you guys fucking suck. Huberdo, fucking Huberdo, yeah, Huberdo. But that's see, and that, but that's the problem is that if Huberdo was a Canadian, they would hype him up like he was the second coming oh, yeah. of the Rocket. Now he's you know stuck in Florida, just living the best his best life. Yeah, Florida's pretty good. Well, although that's, they're uh, fucking crazy but too. this. But yes, no, I agree with what you're saying. It's yeah. it's very much. Uh, it's and like I, a, it's that cultural thing, man. Quebec yeah. is a funny place. Like it's yeah. a unique, it's, it's a distinct society within our society. You know, speak like, French, and then we'll hire the best. So it's it's gonna probably be Matthew Darsh, because he played for the Habs once, and, and that's how it is. Oh, dude, he was on the Bulldogs. We used to cover Matthew Darsh. Yeah, I remember. I don't Fucking rights, man. David Dayarnay might yeah. be his assistant. Please not. Speaking of the Bulldogs, where's our insider? Uh, well, he said uh, – He did say 845, so I think he's going to – Oh, did he say that? So wow. Come, he is going to come in, like always, right around when we just about finished Leaf Talks since they seem to be – Okay, well, let's, let's, let's talk Toronto Maple Leafs. They, they yeah. won five in a row, They lo- and then they lost last night. Yeah. Um, you know, the sky was falling the last time we got on this mm-hmm. call and Michael was ready to blow, blow it up. Michael. <laughs> no, Michael. man, like I said, like I said, I'm still not. Oh, nice. like you, oh, like no. you said. Oh, okay. I no, no, I'm not talking about, oh, this team, this team's great. Watch them win five in a row. What I was going to say is my, my, um, I'm not going to weigh my expectations until the spring. Like, this is great that they're winning hockey games and the big boys are scoring as they fucking should be. Yeah, they're playing well. But again, I'm not going to get too pumped until the spring. But yeah, they are playing much better than they were. Um, well, Jack Campbell's fucking saved their ass, to be and, honest. And with you. What, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about Justin Hall? Like, is he. Uh, this is what I don't like, though. I don't like. I don't like because he hasn't played. All of a sudden, they're talking about trade rumors. Well, if one guy goes down, they're fucked. Yeah, like, I mean, they need him. I don't. I don't want them to get rid of him. It's a tricky one, right? Lilligren was always the plan, not Justin Hall. Lilligren was the first, and if you remember, Lilligren was taken. That was that week draft. The Nolan Patrick went to. He went to Philly, then. Keisher uh, went first, right? Yes, he. So that was the year that going into the draft Lilligren was expected to go second overall even at one point he was talked about going first and then he fell way off because he got mono and he played like shit and anyway the Leafs picked him up at 17 uh, or 19 uh, I think it was 17 actually but 17 uh, so Lilligren he um the plan was always like Sandine and Lilligren, the two Swedish guys, like the, and Lilligren actually is a right-handed defenseman that plays the right side. La di da. It's nice that they fucking, they actually exist in this world. So um, Justin Hall was just this surprise 
this pleasant surprise, right? So much so that they protected him over Jared McCann, um, who's like, you know, tearing it up in Seattle. So I agree with you, Michael. Uh, Jared McCann, or Jared McCann, Jesus. You don't want to see Justin Hall get scratched. Then, and Keith even said it himself. The reason he scratched him and put Lilligrad in, uh, Lilligren in is because he was just looking to shock the system. The team was playing like absolute dog shit. He didn't think fucking Timothy would show up and just like actually yeah. start ripping it. Well, so. I think I think now that they lost last night, we're recording this on Tuesday. They played yeah. Monday night, lost to LA. So I think because they lost last night, maybe he'll throw Hall back. I think he was just waiting for because then they won five in a row, and you're not going to take the lineup at that yeah. point, right? So I think you'll see. I think it's going to be more of a question. You watch, man. I think it's going to be more of a question of Dermot and Hall than Lilligren. Like mm-hmm. I think they love the idea of Lilligren and Sandine are the future, right? So yeah. like yeah, think, Riley, um, they locked him up. Which, by the way, that's exciting too. That's happened in the last two weeks um, since we chatted last, but. Lilligren and Sandine, like, they want those two to play. And Dermot didn't really impress me much last night. So. No, he – Dermot – I don't know. I've never been huge on Dermot. I thought he was going to come in and, uh, I don't know, kind of take over for Gardner in the puck-moving sense. Yeah. And then, and then hopefully yeah. be a bit more responsible defensively. But I don't know. He just hasn't – I've never been that impressed with him. He's been know. on the roster for a little while now too, hasn't he? Like – yeah, you know, it's not like it's like like Sandine or you know Lilligren where it's been kind of very recent. You know their you know their time with the Leafs. Dermot's been around for what three seasons oh, or so? No, longer, man. I longer. think this this would be his fifth fifth season with okay. Leaf games under his belt. Like I mm. think he bounced between the Marlies and the and the Buds the first mm. two or three years, but this would be like his third year. Yeah, you're right, Ange, yeah. in terms of like full time being a Leaf, but. Mm. So kind of to your point, he, I see what you mean by the Gardner. They kind of have that shifty similarity. The only difference is, is he doesn't have that big game breakout cal- uh, quality that Gardner had. Like sometimes Gardner looks fucking unbelievable, but he also doesn't like have those big risk uh, moments that Gardner gave us. To be honest, Michael, one time me and uh, Kevin Winter went down with the with our wives down to Buffalo to watch. Uh, this is when the Leafs were shit. And I remember um, Gardner was like the best player on the ice. That's such a digression of what, from what we are talking about, but Gardner yeah. was like sick. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, the sky is not falling. I think they just laid an egg last night against LA. They were going to, they're bound to lose at some point, but I would say the biggest takeaway besides Lilligren and all this other stuff we've been talking about, Campbell, it's nice to see Johnny fucking T looking as good as he's been looking, man. Yeah, I it's- think uh, that was a smart move by Keith to put even even a few years ago when he was playing with Marner. That's when he had that big season, right? Like I think that I think they should keep it that way um, because I think Matthews can kind of produce on his own. Nylander right now, anyway, seems to he's playing well. Nylander, like I, yeah, he's putting the puck in the net, so. I like uh, Marner and Matthew split up like that. What do you uh, think about bunting? Uh, take him or leave him right now. Uh, I yeah. mean, he's he's playing all right, but we'll see as as the uh, season progresses. Like, do you guys, uh, if uh, Jack Campbell continues his you know play that he's been going through right now, he's been 
you know, solid for the Leafs as he was last season. So, you know, there hasn't been a big fall off with him. You know, do you guys worry next season potentially having to give him a contract extension or, you know, big well, up, let's you see, know, let's see how the we, money a little bit? Let's see how he plays because with Mrazek now out again, yeah. um, he's going to have to play majority of the games. And the, and the plan was for them to split. Right. Right. So, um, I don't know. I hope he plays well, but at the same token, like last year, the 38 games or whatever it was, was the most he'd, he'd ever played in a season. Yeah. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see what mm-hmm. happens. But that Mrazic thing is, is such a piss off. Like, What happened to him? What did he hurt? Like groin. He's got a groin injury. Well, and then I guess he came back too early. He played the game and I think they won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won. He's, he's, he's then, played, man. Like he's, he's a great, I, I think he's, I just want to see more of him, but that's always been the concern with Mrazek is, like, there's been injury issues. To be honest, it's been the concern with Campbell, too. So. Yeah, and, I, and then what? Now, like, this week on Friday, we're going to see Hutchison fucking again. Wait, you got Hutchison playing again? Hutchison, does he keep coming Hutchison and fucking Marincin. Like, the two of them just never fucking go away, man. You guys haven't traded – how you and, been and, traded to Ottawa yet? By like, all accounts – by all accounts, it like, from what I've heard, he – He's a really nice guy and all that, but he just can't keep the puck out of the fucking net. <laughs> you know what? They haven't given him a fair chance. Let's give him a couple. Of <laughs> okay, yeah, give him the fuck. give him the crease for four or five games. Let him run with it. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. We're joined by our TSN bar down insider Christian Mayer. Christian, what uh, sort of insider info have you got for us this week, buddy? Well, as soon as I logged in. Uh, I knew right away you were talking about the Leafs based on the way Michael's body was moving back and forth. I knew that it was something to do with the Leafs. So I had to wait for the, the player's name to come in. And get me goaltending. Mrazic, buddy. Mrazic pissing me off. Yeah. Do you know what's going on with Peter? Can you give us some insider info? What's, what's it look like between his legs right now, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I I I honestly can say I do not know. Um, I can I can give you an update there. My inside scoop for for the week though is that someone on the Detroit Red Wings will win the Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna try to change my vote from uh, that Habs player there to uh, what's yeah. His name? He's got fourteen points. What's Lipa lied to us. Saida, uh, buddy. Cider? I was I was lied to. I was bamboozled. Yeah, by an organization. Angelo has referred to himself as getting bamboozled three times. That's that's what I feel like. You ever seen the Stephen A. Stephen A. clip of him talking about the Knicks when they drafted Porzingis? And that's what I feel like every time I've watched the Habs this season. But I've been bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out four times. Four times by an organization. And I get, and it's done in French to me too. That's the best part. You, you know who I got like off topic, but as I'm watching them right now, one of the most underrated sweaters in the league is the Red Wings jersey. No, it, how is it underrated? Everyone it doesn't get enough. It's the best jersey. Nah, man, it doesn't get enough love. Like everyone with their with like Christian's fucking lime green stars fucking jerseys <laughs> and, and all these other ones that come out. The Red Wings home red jersey is fucking beautiful. Yo, I I want hockey to go back to uh, like the not the white homes, but like 
teams should just pitch whatever. Like in baseball, they just pick whichever ones they want to wear. Like in Basketball hockey, I don't know. Because yeah. the Leafs, so I, like. I think they should the wear white at home. home. Yeah, I like, I like white at home for hockey. Because if you go, you get to see a different team in a different sweater come every single time. Where yeah. You yeah. see the blue every time. Like who cares? At least just stick to the white and see. You know, the light, see some green come in there every once in a while. And yeah, right. Some different color jerseys. Well, some teams look sick. Like, like Detroit and Toronto, I think their home whites look better. And then teams like New York or Montreal, like their away darks yeah. look better. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's such a digression. But, yo, I, I'm, I'm laying in bed having this conversation, Christian, in case you were wondering. <laughs> I'm having that. I was wondering if it was your bed or a couch. <laughs> no no i'm laying down man i had an incident with a log on a hill today so i'm uh i'm hurting i'm wearing my uh whoa i'm wearing my uh my championship braves yo okay so i'll tell the story now quickly because i know we're going to talk about the braves later but i want christian to hear this so i've had this shirt michael's accusing me of just <laughs> buying this last week but like i got paint stains on it okay i've had it for a while and the story behind it is Brennan Leslie, who I mentioned earlier, he gave me a sick baseball tee, like a three-quarter, like a three-quarter, uh, you know, length tee, uh, like Leslie Emergency Vehicles a few years ago, and it's one of my favorite shirts. And I'm like, man, I really want a baseball, like, like a Braves one. So I went to go order one, and uh, they only had, uh, I don't know if you guys be able to see. Can you see that? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a schmedium. It says women's 3XL because uh, <laughs> they didn't sell men's men's uh, versions of this shirt. So I thought it would be sick to buy it. I'm going to stand up and show you how it fits. Oh, oh God, my back is killing me, guys. Oh, so if you look, this is how, if you see, it fits really like, you know, it's, it, it's <laughs> you see I the swear, cut? I, I swear you've worn this at Mohawk College. It's got like I it, swear. It, it's a it's like a blouse cut, you know, for like a for like a bigger lady, and it just uh, it anyway. It's it's a three X women's shirt. I don't know what I'm getting at, guys, but I didn't buy it last week, Michael. Fuck you. <laughs> so, all right, buddy. Anyway. I don't know. I mean. It, Seems like it may have been Jenna's shirt. You're trying to tell us it's Buddy, yours. so it's you're telling me you think I went story. Bought, you're telling me you think I went out and bought a brand new shirt and went painting with it right away? Come on, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I am saying that. <laughs> Ow, my back is uh, Anyways, Lippo, what was what you have for Christian here this week? Uh, um, our well, insider. I, I had a question for him if uh, he could clear up <laughs> clear up the rumors. Um, there was a rumor floating around about uh, Mark Andre Fleury and him being traded for um, an appliance, a used appliance. <laughs> I just need to know if this was a reality. Like if like Chicago was gonna trade him, like you know. And try and get Shut the fuck a, up, a new, dr- a new washer and dryer set or something. Oh, I heard I heard about that rumor. <laughs> Couple of wise guys, they blocked the laughs. Nice, that real nice guys. Listen, he is off to the worst start I've ever seen any goalie have. Like it, it's 
Yeah, but it's Chicago bad. gives up so many chances. Christian, here's a question for you, since this has just been a waste of your fucking time so far. Which team, <laughs> which team is off to more of a surprisingly bad start, Montreal or Chicago? Ooh, good question. That's a good one. Yeah, that's tough. Like, because uh, like Montreal, at the beginning of the season, when I was kind of giving them some positive feedback, we everyone kind of laughed. Everyone kind of thought I was going to not be good for for Montreal, whereas Chicago, like, I don't think anyone expected them to be good, but they kind of made, like, some movements where it kind of seemed like they were kind of improving a little bit. But I think the fact that they just went so long, too, without winning a game is kind of shocking. But then Montreal, oh, this is tough. Mike, why do you do this, man? It's tough. It's also because you got to consider, like, I think the Montreal. I'll say Montreal because Montreal was in the Stanley sh- Cup you're, final. You're more shocked about Montreal. Yeah, because they were in the Stanley Cup final and they got off to such a slow start, even with their injuries. Yeah. And like Caulfield getting sent down, for instance, too. Like that's all pretty shocking. Whereas Chicago, it's just shocking. It took them so long to win, I think. But other than that, it was kind of like Taves had to work his way back. He was off for so long with his illness. Um, and, like, the team's not really good anyway, Chicago, in my opinion. Um, so, the slow Dude, start. I, I, it was just going that long without the win, I think, was shocking to me. Yeah. I think uh, they're going to get wins down the line, I think, especially with, like, Kane missing time with COVID. Like, already a bad team missing the best player is yeah. not good. So I mean, like, I figured Montreal was going to be fucking trash anyways. So, I'm not shocked about that. <laughs> and then uh, – and then Chicago, I'm shocked about because I we full on did a segment in the summer about the Blackhawks, and I was fucking full yeah on major like the, playoff push. They did trade for Seth Jones too, right? No, I know that's what I mean. Like the moves they made, I just thought they were gonna come in fucking hot, dude. Because of Christian Marin, I fucking I put a hundred bucks on a futures bet Tyler Johnson to win the heart. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would you do that when? Jordan Everly was the piece. You know how happy I was <laughs> to see everything coming back. Everything, like, nature is healing because Everly is back with Easy C. I was pissed when I saw he scored a hat trick last week, eh? Right hey. after you let him go, eh? You're like, okay, you're bringing him back. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just, yeah. hit, I'm just hit with injuries, so yeah, I have to pick up some some players today. So, so I benched Flower tonight. Uh, I should. Like and I'm thinking of dropping him, okay, and uh, which is obviously a big hit because I kept him. He's a, he's a keeper, but um, my mom says that about me. And um, the thing is, is like <laughs> anyway, the thing is, is uh, he's playing tonight against Pittsburgh. So I picked up Gibson. It was the third star of the week last week. And he's – I'm going to ride with him for now, him and Leonard, I think. And then – but then Flowers starting tonight against Pittsburgh. He's either going to let in 100 goals or put up a donut, like a 40-save shutout. But uh, what I was going to ask you, Christian, if you were me and you were in my position, what would you do with Marc-Andre Fleury other than – continue to offer trades for Andrei Svechnikov. <laughs> Hold on. I'm pulling up his game log because I know he's been bad. You want to see how bad? Buckle let me up, see buddy. how bad. 
buckle up. He is the lowest-ranked goalie in the NHL that has played a one complete game. There's only one goalie ranked lower than him, and uh, that goalie only played like a third of a game. So yeah, every goalie I went through, he was ranked. He, he's like 600-something ranked <laughs> in the entire league. Like, it's horrible. I think, especially when you said now, too, with like – I don't, I don't know if anyone knows what's going on with Anaheim. Like, is this going to last all season? Like, this, yeah. this, they've been so hot. But Gibson Gibson is a good goalie when he's healthy. And, I mean, I think Flurry at this point is droppable. Like Michael said earlier, like, Chicago gives up so many, like, good chances in front of the net for him. Like, Vegas is not like that. So, like, I don't know if he's going to get that much better down the line, especially, too, being kind of near the end of his career. Um you heard I, I, any murmurings I, about him getting traded? I haven't heard anything about him getting traded. I think he's droppable in fantasy, though, especially if you already have – if you have two goalies that you can rely on as full-time drop starters. Him. Drop them, Taylor. Drop them. Michael might pick them up soon, but I'm, I, I can say I, I won't touch him. Even if he gets, like, three wins in a row and two of them are shutouts, I probably – Yeah, what if the Oilers – so if I dropped him – and the Oilers traded for him. You guys aren't going to touch him, right? Yeah, no chance, buddy. Drop him. Even if the but even with the Oilers, like they're another team. There's no defense. They give him a lot of chances too. Yeah, like, they're no defense. What are you talking they, about? They got they're, they're, Harry, a team, they're a team that can win six five, they're, no problem. If they need to. Fucking reigning Vesna winner and the starting goalie for Team Canada at the Beijing Olympics. Let's go. But if you're if you're Columbus though, Christian, like how? You know, you're just sitting back. You're kind of just – you must be ecstatic because you're going to get a fir- you're gonna get a high first-round pick probably in the top ten. You're going to have two with their own and their – and Chicago's out of the yeah. St. Louis trade. Like, you must be like – Give me a good pick. Yeah, go. <laughs> Keep losing. We don't Chris- care. You can win whatever. <laughs> we shit. We're going to have a top ten pick. <laughs> Christian, how many times a day does someone ask you, so if you're Columbus, Christian – Hey. <laughs> well, when you started saying that, I was like, why, why – why is he saying Columbus here for a second? And then I'm like, oh, okay. He I'm thought a, I'm, Christian, I'm Christian started getting his backup thinking he was talking about the Explorer. <laughs> no, I'd rather would you not have, talk Would about you have him. turned around upon arrival in Jamaica? <laughs> um, what I was going to ask you guys is, do you think the Arizona Coyotes will win 10 games this year? Buddy, I honestly forgot they were in the fucking league. Like, um, they're, they're bad. Are they bad? I, I don't follow. I'm not. I think because you're a Stars fan and you um, and you follow out West. Like, you follow out West more than I do is what I'm getting at. But mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, all I know is, like, Jacob oh, Shippen I is, just I just realized they're 110-1. And, they, and they just oh. got their first win last game, I think it was. They've scored 19 goals in 12 games. Jesus. They've allowed 49. They're who's like, who's on their team, man? Dude, like, they, who they, they just picked up Scott Wedgwood off waivers, and he got their first win. Nice. Their, their goalies are Carter Hutton. His goals against average in three games is 776. That is they have brutal. this other young guy, Carol Vegmelka, who honestly, for 0-7 and 1 record on the Coyotes and how bad they are, to have a 284 goals against average is pretty sick and a 913 <laughs> save percentage. 
but he got pulled last game. He left two goals on the first two shots. What's uh, or something. What's their attendance been like? I don't know, but Shane Gostisbehere is their leading scorer at nine points in 12 games. Holy shit. Oh, got one goal. That's a bad team, man. Who do they have? Like, what? What are their? What's their depth chart, man? Like, who's their? Uh, Based who's on their, their point guys, right here, you got Goss to spare, and then you got Lawson Krause at six points. You got Clayton Keller at five, Phil Kessel at five, Christian Fisher at five. Phil's having a baby. <laughs> Is he? Andrew Ladd, yeah. Anton Strollman. See, with guys like this, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, if if I, I don't know. Like, I would trade like. If I knew I had Ladd and Kessel coming over the boards as my one-two punch to, to lead me to the Holy Grail, like, I'd start playing the parade. I don't know why they're not clicking, man. What do you think Kessel's give-a-shit meter is at right now <laughs> in Arizona, eh? Oh, dude. He's just living He's, he's at a hard right zero right now. Yeah. He does oh, not care. He's got he's a couple Stanley Cups. Yeah. He's, like, he's, got, he's, made his, he's made his money. He's got his cups. He's got a yeah. kid on the way. Yeah. He's like, without any media in his face. Yeah. You, oh. you, forgot, you forgot the team was even in the league. <laughs> yeah. He's living the dream, man. Dude, he's playing. He's playing 72 holes. Oh, yeah. yeah. 72 holes on, on off days. Like, I don't yeah. blame him. And, like, because yeah. they're only three points back of Chicago, but six points back of Colorado. Like their their start's been shocking, Colorado. But they're gonna yeah, turn Colorado point. pissing me off. Yeah, <laughs> Colorado's fucked. I mean, I, I I've heard some shit. I've heard some insider shit. Oh yeah, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not I'm I'm not exposing my insiders anymore because. Mikey, whenever Mike gets pissed at me, he uses it against me. Oh, the fucking name drops. Oh. Wait, this is not about me right now. It's about the listeners. So give well, us Well, what I was going to say on. is I heard some insider info that McKinnon's fucked, man. Like what? Mentally? Physically? What? No, he's like, like the shit that came out in the media about how he is with his teammates and stuff. stuff. Like, yeah, he's just like a, a bit of a psychopath. Like, I don't know if it's the most uh, healthy culture. Man, listen, I don't want to start rumors, you know. But I wow. think he, I think they're going to blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> that, heard, okay, uh, I'm full of shit on that. But I did hear that. Because, well, I like, heard because I heard shit is, that is that shit is true. He's like crazy intense. So, yeah, because what I was thinking was I know Colorado's looking for uh, some help on the blue line and depth uh, forward. So what I was hearing was Engvall – Paul, and uh, and then maybe a, and a second, and a second for McKinnon. Right. And a second. I think that's gonna happen. We have the same source. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Listen, I, my source I, is I, legit. Hey, I, honestly, I have a legit source. Okay. No, Michael and I have the same source in Colorado, it appears, and in Toronto. Yeah, I've heard the same rumor. Oh, did you? Yeah, Michael already. Michael's already got his jersey coming, McKinnon. Oh man, just hearing that makes my back feel better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but honestly, back back to the Coyotes real quick. I honestly don't think they win ten games this year. No, 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 no they win fifteen. No, I don't know, man. Hey, this is so like, this is like hey, Mississauga Christian, Ice Dogs early days team right here. Yeah. Yo, let's set an over-under, man. Christian, let's do a little side bet. 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. 20 bucks. 
How many wins? What's the over-under for wins? Lippa, set an over-under for wins. I'm setting it at 14. Give me 14. 14? I'm going to have 14 wins. You're, you're going to go under. You're taking the under. Yeah. Okay, 20 bucks. 20 bucks? Deal. Sure. Okay, now what's, what's the over-under that before the season's over, they move to Quebec City? <laughs> <laughs> well, eh? They're going to play the first 36 in, in Arizona and then finish the season in Quebec City. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Do it. Well, that's what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing, aren't they? Like, yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. So, yeah, I, I'm uh, trying to go back in, in history here to just see, like, which uh, non-expansion team was, like, the worst of all time. And the Capitals, I think, in 75 came in. San Jose in 93 was an expansion. Same with Ottawa. And they had like 11 and 10 wins. Yeah, those are, those early San Jose and Ottawa years. Oh, Honestly, yeah. like San Jose fans for how like – like San Jose is like, a, like an underdog, like diehard hockey fan base. Mm-hmm. And yeah. kudos to the ones who have been there since day one because yeah. those are some ugly early years with that. Place. Yeah. Those, tell- early, those early years, though, they made the, the one year in 94, they made the mm-hmm. second round of the playoffs. San Jose did? Yeah, because yeah. Toronto, Toronto beat them in the second is round. Is that when – is that – who was there? Was that Arthur? Is it Urbe and Pat for yeah. the, uh, San Jose Sharks? Well, I, don't, I know Urbe was in that, but I don't – Right. Okay. They, they had those a, sick jerseys too, man. Oh. What did you guys set the over-under at? 14. 14. 14. Okay, so ironically, probably the team that didn't deal with expansion was the Quebec Nordiques in 1990, and they were 12, 61, and 7. So oh. if, that, if that's the if that uh, you know so when well, Arizona finishes twelve sixty one and seven they're moving to Quebec. twelve and a half I would See? Say they're gonna move might as well why is Christian. why is the team there just move the team to Quebec City already let's go Christian you're you're all in on that eh? like yeah. you you think they're that bad like you realize yeah. if they're as bad as you think they are they will move the team like it, it's done like there's no there's they no coming back but they don't they, even have an arena like <laughs> next year right I, 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 i'm serious i don't think they have an no, arena. they don't they don't they have, have one new in place their, so, their lease is up yeah it's yeah. probably the triestics yeah, of quebec out, city right yeah quebec is a, an arena opened I've, here's I've the told. problem here's the problem okay you can't move a team to quebec city without moving a team into the western conference so who goes west? Columbus, Detroit. 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 That was always the stupidest thing that Detroit was in the Western Conference. Put, a, like, put them in the West. In the Western or Conference? you know what? Let's put the most irrelevant franchise in the Eastern Conference in the West: the Ottawa Senators. Done. Well, if you're See putting you Detroit in, you might as well explore that. Well, like either Detroit, Detroit or Ottawa. Not, Detroit borders Windsor, Ontario, bro. Like that's not West. It's the, aren't they the closest? It's northwest. It, it's north of the of fucking Windsor, man. Like, you know, like the Journey song, "Born and Raised in South Detroit." South Detroit's Windsor, bro. It's the fucking casino. Okay. Yeah, or you, you can move, see it right over the water. Or you move one of the Florida teams. Take That's one, what I was thinking. Take one of the Florida teams out, you know, and move them to the west, and then you know at least it separates the Florida teams. If, you know when. No, nah, why, why don't you just like literally a team that no one gives a fuck about, like Columbus? Move them to the West. <laughs> Seriously. Well, Columbus would be the next one because Columbus is actually fairly close to Chicago, and Chicago yeah. plays in the West. That would be the that would be the team to move. But 
Uh, and were they in the West at one point or no? Uh, I don't know, but they should go to the West. Like, fuck. <laughs> like, move to the West and then bring uh, Arizona to Quebec City. Yeah. Let's go. I, I, you know what? I'm going to say this. I don't think Quebec wins. Uh, sorry. Uh, Arizona <laughs> wins uh, even double-digit games this year. I honestly, that's why I said Whoa, 10. I, I honestly, are you getting in? I honestly I'll get in. I'll like, a, like a nine-win season. Yeah, they're going to win nine Looking eight, at this nine roster, games. obviously these guys would smoke any of us in yeah. any one-on-one or <laughs> shitty opportunity. But looking at this roster compared to other NHL rosters, like I don't, I don't see them winning very many games unless they go against a team that has everyone on the IR or – has some sort of COVID outbreak or something. I don't I think, think Pittsburgh's yeah. had that, and they demolished the Leafs. So I don't mm-hmm. see this Arizona team beating anyone. I, I don't see they're healthy or not. I don't see Kessel coming back after the Olympic break. I think he might just fuck <laughs> off for the rest of the season. <laughs> when like, the team like, goes to when the team is gonna, they're gonna do like who is it? The Ravens when they just or the Colts when they just packed up overnight. Yeah, they're gonna do that during the Olympic break. They're gonna come back from Olympic break, and it's gonna be the Quebec, Quebec City Nordiques or something like that. And they're gonna be all of a sudden in Quebec, and Phil Kessel's gonna be chilling in Arizona still. Yeah, Kessel is just gonna put a little little sign outside his door that says "Gone fishing." <laughs> yeah, him and Bozy, eh? Yeah, sick man. Oh well, JVR. Oh, this is. <laughs> This is some crazy insider info, Christian. I don't know. <laughs> Lippus, are you making a bet with Taylor too then? Yeah, I'll be, I'm in yeah. on it. I'll have 20 bucks. You want some of that smoke, buddy? Yeah. I'm mad I didn't look at like the win and point total before the season for the Coyotes with like actual like odds makers and stuff because I would have put down easily like 50 bucks on the under, 100 bucks on the under. Like, who's I the think best, they're that bad. Who's the best team in the AHL right now? What? Uh... Toronto Marlies. Rockford or whoever. Toronto Marlies. Okay, the Marlies. Do you think the Marlies could beat the Arizona Coyotes in a game? Uh, they, If they could tuck a few, yeah. Well, if Nick Robertson was playing and he was healthy, then yes, I would say yes. Well, sure, thank you for that, <laughs> that, that tintillating uh, insider info this week, Christian. As always, you're bringing the heat, buddy. Hey, no problem. Yeah, Christian, thanks for pointing out that Arizona was still in the league, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love their jerseys. The Kachina jerseys are awesome, but that team's not very good. And I do think that on a a good night, the best AHL team might be able to give them a run for their money. I think so, too. Lippa, you know, this isn't this isn't like the college football to NFL team comparison type of thing. But like, if can the, grown, Al- the grown men are going to take them, every can day Al- the old question is: Can Alabama beat the Lions? The, the Jets, Lions, whoever, yeah. whoever was the last place team it's- every year. But like NHL is guys who you know NHL caliber a lot yeah. of them. So I think they could beat this Arizona team on a good day. <laughs> like, dude, day. I played. <laughs> I played uh I played pickup out, out west with a bunch of the guys from the Blue Bombers like Andrew Harris and Nick Dembski and don't fucking start giving me a hard time about name dropping Michael I'm gonna kill you. Anyway, we're just talking about Nick Dembski and his hockey skills today. So I was I played with those guys and uh, their goalie didn't show up and the gear I had was way too big for me. Anyway, I digress. Um, they, it was like a really really good loop like a, a lot of guys who played uh junior and whatnot and i'm pretty sure that team that i played on like what what i'm getting at is i think the winnipeg blue bombers could potentially beat the arizona coyotes in a game of hockey at the moment 
Let's go Bombers. Thanks for coming on, Christian. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> always great to be here. Hi, I, always, I always like when it connects and, and Michael's moving back and forth <laughs> in a heat of rage. I already know it. It's something to do with me. <laughs> oh, all good. All good today. <laughs> all right, Christian. All right, thanks for joining us. Great <laughs> insight, buddy. Until right, next time. See ya. See ya. See ya. And thanks to our Bar Down Insider, Christian Marin, for joining us as always. And as we transition to Quick Shifts, our segment where we focus on other sports, not just hockey. And uh, we'll kick off with the Atlanta Braves uh, beating. Hang on a second. Let me get, hang on, I get something. Hang on. Hold on. My trash can is <laughs> trash goes. Thank you, Atlanta, for disposing of the trash getting rid of them and, you know, pretty convincing fashion, I might add, because they did have a 3-1 lead uh, heading into game five, ended up losing um, that game five. But as is customary with Dusty Baker, game six, for whatever reason, there's always something that transpires. And there was, as the Atlanta Braves for the first time since 1995, uh, captured the World Series championship, um, the first – I think real, you know, big sports accomplishment for the city of Atlanta after so much heartbreak with the, you know, 28 to three in the Super Bowl with the Atlanta Falcons and, and um, the Georgia football team losing to Alabama in the fashion they did in Georgia too, uh, in college football in the BCS championship or whatever they call it now um, was a pretty big accomplishment. Um I imagine for at least you guys being Jays fans, it must have been, you know, sweet to see uh, Alex Anthopoulos, who guided, you know, the Blue Jays for many years and now has guided the Atlanta Braves to a championship. It must have been nice to see, you know, someone that was your own and you had given the opportunity, you know, win a championship, you know, and kind of prove like he was that guy. He's just maybe should have given him more time and, you know, a contract extension. But uh, what did you guys, what were you guys takeaways from the uh, world series from Atlanta winning it? Michael, you can start buddy. Um, yeah. Obviously out of the two teams, I'm glad it was Atlanta, not Houston. Uh, nice to see the the good guys win. Um, and nice to see Alex Anthopoulos mm-hmm. get his uh, ring. I mean, he, he's seems like such a likable guy. Um and uh, it's just a shame. Feels like one of those things where he should have got that ring here in Toronto. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm happy for him. And uh, nice to see the Braves win. And it's nice when you see uh, a smaller market um, win. Although I don't know if Atlanta's that small of a market. But, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I'm glad Atlanta won. No one, I don't think anyone wants to see Houston win except for those in Houston. So Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. The, I think maybe the most impressive thing about it is their budding ace, Mike Soroka, Canadian from Calgary, who's like 23, and Ronald Acuna Jr., who is like the perennial MVP candidate. Neither of them played the whole season pretty much. Uh, like Soroka, I think, had Tommy John. Like Soroka didn't pitch once. Um and actually, I think in the COVID shortened year, he didn't. He only played a little bit too. Like it was when he was 22 is when he had his 13 and four All Star year. Um, and then Acuna is Acuna. Like I don't think Acuna is t- even 25. No. 
But uh, yeah, impressive, uh, impressive showing all the way around. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was like uh, thinking that the Braves were pulling a full leaf uh, scene when they they hit a grand slam to start the game in Game Five and couldn't get it done. But they got it done eventually. Nice to see Freddie Freeman win. Nice to see um, some of the amazing breakout performances uh, from up and down the roster, and and you know. The only thing you mentioned, Dusty Baker earlier. I'd like to see the guy win a World Series. Like the guy's been fucking, uh, you know, coaching for like a million years, you know, and he seems like a really good guy. Um, but uh, yeah, man, Viva los Bravos. What yeah. did you think, Ange? No, you know, I was happy for the Braves. You know, there was sort of the a little engine that could. They, you know, they were out of it pretty much in the month of August, like it looked like they weren't going to make it. They had just lost Ronald Acuna Jr. So, you know, there was a lot of hills that they had to climb, but they seemed to kind of just come together at the right time. They meshed and everything fell for them that needed to fall. And, you know, that's how, you know, teams win championships half the times now. It's, it's not, you know, how you, how you start really. It is how you finish. And yeah. if everything sort of just gels at the right time and, you know, your manager clicks all the right buttons, you know, the sky's the limit for your team. And, you know, the Houston Astros, they are a very talented group. It's, I'm not taking that away from them, you know, and like you, you know, Dusty Baker's been in the league for so long and would have been nice to see him win. That's probably the only, you know, maybe the only part of Houston I was actually cheering for was him because he's such a good guy and he's such a baseball guy and he's a baseball lifer. going to go to the hall of fame one day, you know, whenever he is done, you know, being part of baseball. But this Braves team just kind of just – if it worked at the right time and everything flowed right. And I, I think it's a testament to the organization and the depth that they did have that they were able to win without two of their better players in Soro- uh, in Freeman uh, – sorry, not Freeman um, – in Acuna Jr. and Soroka, you know, to have that, you still have – yes, you still have Freddie Freeman, who's uh, still a premier first baseman, um, but it's a testament to the team. It's a testament to the organization, uh, a testament to the general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, who, you know, he proved, like, you know, he was the guy. I think he was the guy. And, you know, like Mikey said, you know, I think that maybe given more time in Toronto and not sort of pushed out the door – you know, I, I think that the Jays could have been in a similar position, probably even further ahead, you know, in their progression to being a World Series team that they're already on the path to being. So yes. And the Braves – sorry, sorry, Andrew. Sorry yeah. to cut it there. Uh, the Braves, too, they're young. They're yeah. really young, and they're mm-hmm. going to be a force to be reckoned with. They're going to get Sorokin Acuna back. Um, you know, they've got that Max Street mm-hmm. and, and, like, uh, Austin Riley had a huge breakout year. Yeah. Him and Freeman both were absolute monsters at the dish, Swanson. And the Toronto slash Canada connections continue to run deep because let's not forget their catchers, Travis Darno, mm-hmm. who was traded to the New York Mets as part of the R.A. Dickey deal. Yeah. Um, and that one was controversial at the time. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, can't bitch at uh, Atkins and Shapiro for that because I was Anthopolis who pulled that mm-hmm. one. But uh, Darno, uh, 
you know, nice to see him win too. And all the way around, it's great. What do we got next in the quick yep. Well, I don't know if you guys saw last night during Monday Night Football, but uh, there was a pretty controversial moment uh, between uh, Chicago Bears linebacker Cassius Marsh and an official. Uh, Marsh was running off the field uh, to get to the sideline, and it looks like the referee, in like on purpose, sticks his ass out to sort of bump it to make it look like Marsh actually runs into him when Marsh is just he's running off the field. Like his mindset, get off the field. Let's get the punt team on. Let's get the hell. Let's get the ball back because time's ticking. We got to score points here. And the referee sticks his ass out and hits Marsh and then throws a a taunting call out and gives him a, a 15 yard penalty and everything. And, you know, you see on social media that sort of the fix was in because, you know, the Chicago bears end up losing this game because it kind of gave Pittsburgh a fresh set of downs and an opportunity to kick a field goal to go back up. But I want to know what is, because the, they were saying the fix was in, what is, in your opinion, the biggest fix you've ever witnessed or you think is the biggest fix in sports history? Hmm. Um, the most blatant one? Yeah, the most blatant I, That I what can increase. That I can recall <laughs> – is uh, and actually, I just watched a thing on Netflix about it. But that uh, 2002, the figure skating, the the gold medal uh, right. situation with the Canadian pair and the Russians, um, that was quite controversial. And it came out that I think it was actually a fix. So mm-hmm. is that Jamie Soleil and David Pelche? Yeah, yes. yeah. For me, that's that one. And then also, like I could I could lay out 50 instances watching European football of of. Uh, fixes being in but that's the yeah. biggest one I, I could think of i know uh, that's the direction i'm going cause i i know i i forgot about soleil pelche I, i'm not as big of a figure skating guy as michael but um <laughs> the qatar tw- qatar getting the rights to the 2022 oh yeah FIFA world cup is the biggest fix in sports history period they and, and the fact they had to shift it because it was so hot Qatar doesn't even have ethnic Qatari players representing them, yeah. even though they have an automatic contribution. Yet Canada doesn't get an automatic contribution as co-host of the next World Cup after that. There, it's it's the biggest fix in sports. Oh yeah, and so yeah. Uh, Angelo, what's the biggest fix you think well, you've seen? In the biggest fix I've witnessed with my own eyes actually did happen in two thousand two. It was soccer related. It was Italy versus South Korea. Oh, uh, yeah. One of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. Uh, Totti getting a red card. Alessandro after, Del Piero. After being taken down in the box. Yeah, that was – because that, that World Cup was in South Korea too. Yeah. Like, right? and, then, and then after that, though, I know it's because we're Italian, we're saying that one. But then in the next in, – in the – quarterfinals mm-hmm. south korea played spain and it was the same thing yeah spain spain were getting all these calls against them and south korea i think they ended up going through or maybe spain yeah, they got, i think they got like almost to the i think they got to the semis south yeah. korea is not even a freaking soccer country it's a baseball no, I, country. yeah so yeah those are two major fixes as well yeah, i think that's that that's the biggest one i've ever seen with my eyes yeah <laughs> Okay, so I've got the last question for the uh, uh, 
for the quick shift segment. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day and they, they had posed it as a question on the radio and uh, they were talking about greatest all time movie, but they weren't saying it in the sense of like, what, what's your favorite all time movie? They said, what's the most watchable movie? So what I was going to ask you guys is what is the two movies that you could watch forever and know that you only have these two movies to pick from one has to be a comedy and the other one could be whatever else a thriller a drama whatever so those are the two comedy. Uh, yeah one comedy it's i'm breaking it up like how uh the golden globes breaks it up mm -hmm. so the golden globes gives best picture and then they give best picture for comedy or musical um Comedy. See that thing? I got two in my head, but one of them's not a comedy. Um, Goodfellas, for sure. Oh, yeah? That's like a no-doubter for you? Yeah, no doubt. And then in terms of a comedy... Uh, ooh, I don't know. I'll have to get... Let me think about that. Angelo, do you have a couple or what? I do. Uh, I think movie I could watch all the time is Goodfellas. I still watch to this day. Like it could be on randomly on a Saturday afternoon, but you know, all the, some of the, the swear words are cut out, which is 300 and whatever words of the movie, but Goodfellas night in and night out, I could watch forever. And if I'm to watch one comedy movie, um, I th would, I think it'd be cool, oh, man. I'm torn because I'm torn between Liar Liar and either Happy Gilmore or like a, a Big Daddy type of movie. Oh, so you're an Adam Sandler guy. I like Adam Sandler and I like yeah, Jim Carrey. Okay. So See, I'm not an Adam Sandler guy. You are or you're, you aren't. You yeah, know, exactly. So. Uh, you know what? I You know what movie I'll go with because it makes me laugh every time is uh, Happy Gilmore. And I, I, can, I can watch it. I can just sit there like – if I'm randomly like, you know, doing housework, I'll throw it on or whatever. But even when I've right. taken the train to come to and from Montreal, I'll keep it in my downloads if I want a good laugh, you know, after a six hour train ride. So I think uh, Happy Gilmore and Goodfellas are my two picks. Mike, did you think of your. Uh... My comedy would have to be Dazed and Confused. Mm hmm. Also, really? Eh? For, nostal classic. Yeah, for yeah, nostalgic yeah. reasons. Yeah. How about you? Right. Well, I'd say for like my drama or whatever, I think I'm going to go Goodfellas. And the reason for that is because that's what the YouTube. No, I'm not fucking going Goodfellas, <laughs> you fucking idiots. Where are you going? <laughs> I do love Goodfellas. Like yeah. it's in my top 10 um, for sure. Um, I don't know. Like um, I'm a big history nerd and I love. Uh, and I love um, Tarantino. Mm -hmm. So I love Scorsese as well. I would say my favorite Scorsese is uh, The Departed, actually. But um, Departed's a good movie, too. Departed's, like, right there. I would say that's great number two in terms of score. But then he did. Nah. But then, uh, Departed number two? I don't know, man. No, <laughs> I'm saying number two. It's his second best movie behind Goodfellas. Yeah, nobody's got some other I'm, ones but like gangs of new york is badass i loved wolf of wall street that might be one of the most watched yeah films. that might be right up there too yeah but um yeah i would say inglorious bastards uh just because it marries my love of history with like 
Tarantino's craziness. So yeah, that's a uh, that's a fucking good one too. Actually, I I love it and it's great and I love that he he got like Germans actors for the Germans, <laughs> Americans for Americans. Like it, it's just it, it's it's great. Um, so that would be that. And then I always say with our generation, you're either an Adam Sandler guy or a Jim Carrey guy or a Will Ferrell guy. He has a kid kid. I love Jim Carrey, but uh, Will Ferrell over the last 20 years has really done it for me. Although his last 10 years have been shit, but he had that string where he did like coming off the heels of old school where he was like a more of a bit part. He and he was like in Austin Powers too as Mustafa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he had that string where he did like Anchorman, Ricky Bobby, um, Step Brothers. Uh, what's what am I forgetting, guys? Well, even like even Elf Wedding as, as like a Christmas movie, Elf is pretty funny. Yeah, Elf. And then he had the role in Wedding Crashers. Like he just had like and, hit after yeah. hit. And his role and his role in Wedding Crashers, although it is very small, it's such a memorable sort of role. Like you know, you'll re- you remember well Will from Ferrell's that movie. Part. Like what's yeah. the one of the most popular lines is "Ma, where's the meatloaf?" Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And and, he, and he's in that movie for what five ten minutes. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so what I was gonna say is, Step Brothers does it for me, man. It, mm-hmm. it has me in stitches every yeah. time, which is hilarious because yeah. it wasn't even, it wasn't the big. Um, uh, I think at the time when it came out, it wasn't. It didn't have all the hype that Anchorman and, and Ricky Bobby and uh, he did that uh, Blades of Glory semi pro. Like he had a bunch there. Yeah. And Step Brothers at the time wasn't, but it's. Yeah, you know what? Ste- oh fuck. I forgot. I forgot about those. Like Step Brothers is fucking hilarious, man. Oh, dude, it, it's actually like outrageous. Even even uh, the guy, what's his name? The guy that plays uh, Derek, his brother. Oh, John, um, John C. Riley. No, no, not John C. Oh. Riley, but he plays like Will Ferrell's actual brother in the movie. The the guy who who was Vanilla Ice at the at the school. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? I can't remember what his name is, but he's he's hilarious too in that movie. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's a solid, uh, solid laugh. So good. So good. So anyway, that's it for me, guys. That's it for you. Well, boys, it was a fun episode. Uh, and we will do it again next week. Who knows what will happen. But between then and now, we know it will be an interesting week in hockey. Ciao. See you, boys. See you, fellas. This week's episode was brought to you by Upper Canada Films, the producers of the documentary, Hi, My Name is Dickie. The story of hockey player Rich Kloon. You can stream the documentary on iTunes. <laughs>